Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Friday, April 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The past two years have been challenging for St. Louis dancers. Clubs and classes shut down or had limited activity during the pandemic. When you can't get out and you can't dance, you can't see your friends or people that you know you consider family, it sends you right down the tank. So yeah, it's, it's been a big help for me. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports on how dancers, instructors, and club owners are trying to bounce back. Missouri's budget for the upcoming fiscal year is, for now, out of the House. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the more than $45 billion package is expected to be changed in the state Senate. House members voted out not only next year's budget, including federal COVID-19 dollars, but also a second supplemental budget for this fiscal year. Highlights of the budget include more than $10 billion for Missouri's K-12 schools, as well as nearly $2.5 billion to fund the state's Medicaid expansion program. House Budget Chair Representative Cody Smith spoke on assertions from lawmakers that the state was either not spending enough or too much of Missouri's cut of the American Rescue Plan Act. It's always been a challenge, and, and my goal here to to try to think this through, to try to invest it in such a way that we can look back on it in 20 or 30 years and think that we made some really good decisions. The Senate has indicated changes to the budget are almost guaranteed, including spending some of the around $1.8 billion in general revenue the House left unappropriated. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. There is also movement on the budget in Illinois. Democrats say they have struck a deal and plan on passing the budget today. Alex Degman reports. The plan takes Governor J.B. Pritzker's proposal and adds to it. It spends more than $1.8 billion on tax cuts, a one-year suspension of the grocery tax, a six-month suspension of the gas tax increase set to kick in this July, and $300 property tax rebates, among other provisions. Don Harmon is the Senate president. We've gone through some unique times, and together the last couple of years, it's perhaps fitting that we have a unique budget. That is the result of working together like never before. The plan also expands the earned income tax credit permanently, making those families eligible for a $50 check per individual and $100 per child, up to three children. The state eliminated some persistent debt with federal COVID relief money and is showing nearly $3 billion more in revenue compared to a year ago. I'm Alex Dagman. Along with budgets, lawmakers this year are debating congressional redistricting. Missouri's political parties are using state courts to break a deadlock on the issue. Attorneys argue having elections this year based on the 2011 boundaries is unconstitutional. But Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft notes that the legislature, not the judicial branch, has the authority over redrawing congressional districts. Washington University School of Law professor Travis Crum says there is precedent for federal judges to intervene on redistricting cases. What tends to happen when federal courts get involved is they'll enact what they call least change maps, where they'll look at the prior redistricting map and make as few changes as is necessary. Missouri lawmakers have deadlocked for months over redrawing congressional districts. A technology nonprofit will offer free cybersecurity training at the Cortex Innovation Community for people of color and women interested in tech jobs. They will learn how to set up computer networks and provide companies with cyber defense solutions. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. 
Perscolas St. Louis will offer the 15-week course for 20 participants. When they complete the program, the nonprofit will connect them with potential employers. Sam Firiello is president and CEO of Cortex Innovation Community. He says cybersecurity jobs are among the nearly 6,000 open technology positions in the St. Louis region. He says people of color and women are underrepresented in the tech industry. We want these folks not just to be entry-level cybersecurity employees. We want them to have a path towards Eventually, some of them will compete for C-suite jobs. The cybersecurity program begins June 17th. Registration is open at perscolis.org. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Former Centene CEO Michael Nydorf has died. He had been with the Clayton-based health insurance company for 26 years. Nydorf took medical leave of absence in February. He was also a community leader. Greater St. Louis, Inc. says Nydorf was a, quote, true champion for people with disabilities, who worked tirelessly to improve our metro region. Nydorf was 79. Dancers in the St. Louis region have been stuck at home over the last two years trying to keep safe during the pandemic. Health officials lifted restrictions in recent weeks, and many dancers are returning to classes and clubs. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, that has instructors, club owners, and dancers trying to make sure they can safely socialize. About eight dancers are gathered in Carmen Gwynn's basement studio. They're all learning the steps to the mambo, a Cuban dance that is a big part of a salsa dancer's repertoire. Students are wearing masks and spaced about six feet apart for social distancing. Mauricio Villanueva is a seasoned dancer who is attending Gwen's class for the first time. He says it feels great to be with other dancers again after practicing his moves alone at home for a couple of years. People have fallen in love, get married, uh, travel around the world because because salsa. So uh, when pandemic happened, uh, it really hit. Uh, heart, you know, in, in, in the salsa community. For about two years, people who thrived in a community of dancers had to readjust their routines to stay safe. That's led to mask requirements, vaccination requirements, partnerless dances, and online courses. Gwen is the founder of Almas del Ritmo Dance Company, a Latin dance studio. Before the pandemic, she taught about 10 dance classes a week. She's cut that number in half and teaches a couple online. She says some people just don't feel comfortable rejoining the dance scene. The thing with the Latin dances or even just partner dances, you know, we are so close. I mean, we can literally feel each other breathe in in partner works. And the way that this virus is transmitted, we just have to be very careful. Michelle Ardry started taking Gwen's online classes this winter as the Omicron variant surged through the region. She's not ready to join groups at the studio, and participating via Zoom helps keep her and her family safe. I don't feel as uncomfortable as a lot of people do, but at the same time, you know, I do live here with my mom. She's a little older. I don't want to bring anything to anybody. I don't even want to bring the flu home. Dancers are at a higher risk of catching the virus when in packed places where drinks are served. Ross Brownson is an epidemiologist at Washington University. He says the virus isn't spreading as fast as it once was in St. Louis, but dancers should take steps to protect themselves. He says that starts with getting the COVID-19 vaccine, but he says dancers need to do the right thing. If you're in a risk group, you might want to take extra precautions, making sure that if you don't feel well, if you've got any symptoms, 
whether it's COVID symptoms or a cold or the flu or anything, don't go. There are plenty of precautions in place at Yes Honey Studio in the Grove, which teaches hip hop, salsa, and other dances. Students have to be vaccinated, but no longer need to wear masks because the St. Louis region no longer has a mask mandate. Owner Jenny Hill says dancers are starting to come back and people are excited to see each other again and live their passion, especially those who dance for a living. From burlesque dancers to drag queens to theater actors to dancers, you know, not having that has been like really, really hard because they need that. Dancing is a very underpaid profession. They're doing it because they love it and they're good at it. A lot of people are returning to a favorite pastime. That's what brings swing and country dancers to the lower level of Chesterfield Mall, where Barbara and Terry James hold the Jitter Swing Dance Club. Terry James says the last few years were rough for the dance community. In the first half of, say, 2020, we had dancers that went to events, came back with COVID, and died. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but there was, there was a few and which made the other dancers stay away. Elizabeth Oglesby, a line dancer and line dance teacher at Jitter Swing, says many people are getting the vaccine and booster shots, allowing her to see other dancers again. When you can't get out and you can't dance, and you can't see your friends who, or people that you know you consider family, it sends you right down the tank. So yeah, it's, it's been a big help for me. The urge to dance and reconnect is getting people moving again as they try to stay safe. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.